What's going on, everybody? This is another episode of TBT Hosea 4-6, a special one, Ask an Apologist. And we've got some good stuff for you guys today. But before that, of course, unless you've been living under a rock, you already know the riots been taking place across the United States, protests across the United States and beyond the United States, going into other parts of the world, outcries for injusticeness against Black people in America. Um, so I know news reports, news outlets have reported over 350 protests taking place in different cities across the U.S. But if you're on social media, you've kind of seen something a little bit different at some of these protests. And we're going to talk about that today. What's up with saging? What's up with some of these seances going to take place or taking place at these protests as a protection for protesters? Joining us today, a dear friend and brother of mine, I call him the doctor, pastor, theologian, the Reverend Dr. O.L. Buckley. Welcome, sir. What's up, man? I'm so glad to be here. Uh, what a privilege it is to to uh, have this discussion with you. Uh, I pray, man, that is edifying. I'm looking forward. Thank you for having me. Oh, man, I'm so honored to um, have you here. Um, Buckley and I, we met on social media, and mm -hmm. uh, it's just like a brotherhood bond. I mean, I call him my theologian. I go to him for theology. You know, I keep a circle of friends, and I have only a couple that deal with theology, like him and another brother I'll be interviewing on tomorrow who's actually in the Twin Cities. And uh, so these mm. Buckley is one half of that. Um, but this is a very intelligent uh, brother, an older brother in the faith to me. Um, it gives me wisdom, gives me encouragement. And he's a coffee lover like I am. I don't, I don't know if we can say <laughs> lover, but fanatics. I mean, because, you know, yeah. you got coffee coming in from other parts of the globe, man. <laughs> well, if you ask my wife, if you ask my wife, she'll say that I'm a coffee snob. And, Go uh, ahead, man. I, I, I'll, I'll, I will go ahead and, and, and embrace that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, um, I, I got to cut back, man. I went to uh, my favorite place to get coffee. I'm just going to go ahead and say it. Why, why? So if they ever want to sponsor, I'm giving you a <laughs> shout out. In fact, right. I still haven't thrown this cup out, but Hey, you know, I, I went there yesterday and got, you know, the big cup, 24 ounces. And then, Right. My wife and I was hanging out later that evening. I was like, you know what? I want some coffee. And I made me another cup of coffee. <laughs> she was like, you got to stop that. I was like, I, I know. I just, I smell it. And it's just like, I got to have a, trigger, a cup. Right? You, you're right. It's like, I can't go to Barnes and Noble because you got books and that's another love. And you smell that yep. coffee. It's like, I just want to feel so sophisticated. <laughs> and give me a cup and give me a book, you know? And so. That's it, man. That's I love it. it. I love it. Dark and bold, man. Dark and bold. Yeah. Um. So. You know, other than we know your name, tell us a little bit more about yourself. Um, you know, what is your interest? Uh, what do you do? Whatever you want us to know, yeah. you, you feel free to tell us. Yeah, man. Um, <clears throat> so uh, I was, uh, I'm originally from Chicago, um, born and raised on the south side of Chicago, specifically Inglewood. Mm. Um, people who know will know what that means. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, and um, I was raised in church. Mm -hmm. uh, I can't think of a time in my life where I was not. Um, was brought up in a very uh, church-going, church-attending household. Mm -hmm. And um, and kind of give the fast forward, uh, you know, grew up in Chicago, had a brief moment where I lived in California for a minute, 
uh, oh, back yeah. in back in the late eighties. Okay. And then uh, moved back to Chicago. Mm-hmm. The Lord then moved my um, <clears throat> my family and I to to Dallas, and so I was in Dallas for nearly twenty years. Mm-hmm. And then in the last three and a half uh, ish about years, plus or minus, it's kind of hard to keep up. Um, I'm now oh, in the New Jersey, New York area, mm-hmm. and uh, and kind of knew that this would be coming one day, but didn't know how and in what way. And now um, I am uh, pastoring in the Bronx, okay. <clears throat> and my wife and I are still very much. Uh, we we also have a business where we work with married couples who are in business together, and so right. we have Marriedpreneur Life, and that can be seen on IG uh, and um, primarily IG, but we're on all platforms, but it's Marriedpreneur Life. And so we, we believe in uh, couples working together in business mm-hmm. uh, in a way that's, that is purposeful, in a way yeah. that's powerful, mm-hmm. and in a way that is also profitable. So we do that and make sure that the business doesn't overrun the marriage mm-hmm. as it can often do. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's uh, in, a, in a nutshell, if you will. Right. That's, that's what's up, man. I think that's going to be another podcast episode um, because what my good, good friend Jamal and I have in mind, um, and he may jump in at some point and I told him, man, come on in because this is going to be an awesome conversation. Um, it's not just the basic apologetics, but we want to handle finances with African-Americans, building wealth, mm-hmm. building a business. And so I think that'd be perfect um as far as working with because we know a lot of married couples you know mm-hmm. and so they have yeah. business adventure you know vi- ventures that they want to go into so mm-hmm. um i know also you have a little background with studying under some prominent rabbis is that correct well yeah so i had um <clears throat> i had taken a torah studies course mm-hmm. um and it's three years i i got through two the third year, just life was so, just so much going on in my life. Right, right. So um, I only got to a, up to a certain point in the third year, but it was, um, it was very interesting uh, in that the first year was really getting introduced to um, Jewish culture mm-hmm. uh, and even Jewish thought as it pertained to um, the scriptures. And so we would go through the Pentateuch thoroughly. I had to do a lot of... Um, things outside of um, textbook and classroom and had to actually go and participate, you know, at Seder meals and mm-hmm. understand the, the historical background of that and what all that meant. Had to know the feast and, uh, and um, the holy days, the high holy days. and had to understand obviously the language and so forth. And then uh, the second year we got into really honing in on uh, um, the prophets, mm-hmm. uh, and mm-hmm. so really started uh, working in that, uh, and had to study in particular Jeremiah, okay. uh, as well as well as Ezekiel, mm-hmm. and so <clears throat> uh, went through that. And then year three was uh, the life of David, and then the Psalms, and so I was able to really immerse myself in that, and then also. Uh, when when the Lord transitioned us and just um, providentially ordered us, <laughs> brought us here to to the East Coast, mm-hmm. um, we were attending um, 
the Messianic Synagogue in uh, Manhattan okay. on, on, on Saturdays. And then we were going to church on Sundays. And so um, really just started to really just wanted to keep that, keep that understanding fresh and, 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 and alive. Really got to understand the, the, um, the, the wall, if you will. And I, and this is, these are not my words. These are actually, um, <clears throat> the rabbi who was, who was, um, the, the shepherd, if you will, un under shepherd at this particular synagogue, he, he was just talking about just the, just the, the wall between, um, the Orthodox as well as the, um, Orthodox Jew, as well as the reformed Jew, and then them being messianic. And so what that whole, tug of war if you will um that really a gulf a chasm of sorts between mm -hmm. them was like and so i really got to really understand that and then just to see even um ethiopian jews who were believers in um jesus as messiah just really a beautiful thing beautiful people great experiences uh just really got to to to, to delve in and understand um sephardic and ashkenaz mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. And then, you know, all that comes with that and what those little nuanced differences are. Right, were. right, right. And then even, you know, when you, when you attend um, the synagogue, when, 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 when it's a Saturday service, I say, um, it's really an all-day thing. Yeah, and, yeah, I um, remember I went to one. Yeah, and then mm -hmm. there would be class afterwards. And so my wife mm -hmm. and I were, were there together and we were learning how to write, you know, the Hebrew alphabet the mm -hmm. olive bait and, and, and going through all of that. And so, yeah, it was, it was just a great experience. Yeah. I remember I, uh, when I took Hebrew in seminary, they said the best way to learn the alphabet is how we teach our children through song. Yes, absolutely. So I remember the song that I looked up on YouTube. It started off uh, Shalom Yaladin, which is good morning children or mm -hmm. peace children. Mm -hmm. Are you ready, learn to, ready to learn and listen? And then uh, mm -hmm. it started off. I still remember that, you know, um, but I'm no expert on Hebrew. So anywho, um, mm -hmm. so let me ask you, what is new age? Neither am I, by the way. By oh, the way. oh, you good? No, <laughs> you straight. Let me, what is new age? And we're keeping in mind, remember what I said uh -huh. earlier to our audience that what we're starting to see some at these protests, at these rallies, and even before mm -hmm. that, when Trump was elected in office, you started seeing witches having these seances, spirit cooking, um, all of that. In in this in this name is encompassed New Age. What is New Age? Yeah. So, great great question. And let me just say, at you know, now, and I just want to establish this now. Um, by no means am I in any way an expert in these in this subject matter you know you and i both know we were just having a conversation before we went live here mm -hmm. um that there are people who have come out of that who yeah. are much much better equipped to really speak to what is new age and really talk about all that that encompasses but but as one who has uh read who and continues to read and continues to study mm -hmm. uh and make myself uh familiar and and knowledgeable as it pertains to new age i'll give you my definition then i'll give you what is probably more defined as a classical mm -hmm. definition mm -hmm. my definition of new age uh is anything that is uh outside of scripture any any 
uh, held belief that mm. is that is outside of the scope of scripture and the truth that scripture conveys. And that's and I, and I, and I want to put that little tail on it to say, and the truth that scripture conveys, and the scripture we know is truth. God's word is truth. Right. Um, but it's having that right understanding of the truth. Mm-hmm. And we'll get mm-hmm. into that later because we know you can take the scripture and claim it's true, but then manipulate it to accommodate a new age concept. Right. Uh, and, and, and so that's my definition. But if we were to go with a more classical or a more textbook definition, it, it's essentially uh, based on Eastern mysticism, mm-hmm. uh, Hinduism, and paganism, fundamentally. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, Which obviously, ultimately, at a, at a very granular level, yeah. base root level, finds its, finds its origins in Genesis 3, hath God said, or did right. God really say? Exactly. Um, so I want to, I want to, I want to push the envelope because, sure. you know, my background is, you know, Baptist and Pentecostal holiness. Mm-hmm. And so what's predominant and what I've come to hear mm-hmm. is very similar language between the two. I'm going to say more mm-hmm. so from a charismatic Pentecostal experience. Mm-hmm. And I'm talking about, the notion of I can think something and it comes to pass or it happens, or I can mm-hmm. speak things into existence. Classic Romans four seventeen, Proverbs mm-hmm. eighteen twenty one. Mm-hmm. Let's 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 deal with that one first. I'm gonna come back and, and answer that. So, being that within our, you know, realm of of churches. Mm-hmm. Is that something we have power to do? Is that is that would you say that's new age that's crept into the church, and especially in the African American Pentecostal experience? Yeah. Uh, so, um, I would answer it this way. Well, fundamentally, yes. The answer to your question is yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and I too was raised uh, Pentecostal. Okay. As well, in fact, I was raised Oneness Pentecostal. Oh. Um, and so, and so. It's it's kind of interesting because um, depending on what branch or lane, if you will, of Pentecostalism that you were, um, you know, that that has been your background or your tradition, mm-hmm. there might be some subtle nuances there. Um, the Pentecostal expression for which I was raised in uh, understood and believed in some things that were not outright um, new age in their con in, 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 in how they would probably think about it or define it. But because there was a um, there, there wasn't any definition or clarity right. um, as to who God is mm-hmm. and who we are as created mankind, mm-hmm. then it was very, then it became easy over time for the Pentecostal expression that I was raised in to then embrace those things because there weren't any guards there in that way to begin with. Now, there, there may have been some suspicion, but there right. wasn't a lot of reason that at least that I was exposed to for knowing why we should be suspicious. It right. was just suspicious because it was unusual. And so, <clears throat> you know, in the New Age concept, it would basically think this way. New Age would say, 
everything and everyone is God. Mm-hmm. Um, and that God is an impersonal force and that people have unlimited inner power. They have an unlimited inner power that they just need to tap into or they just need to discover. So if you believe that God is everything and everyone, mm-hmm. then at the onset, you're, you're, you're establishing fundamentally that you are God. But you have these powers that are in you that are dormant that just need to be tapped into or accessed so you can leverage them to live the life that you desire. Ultimately, um, it's a desire to be um, one's own architect or one's own designer of their life. And while no one typically um, to answer your question in the church would come right out and say that, say that mm-hmm. they believe that mm-hmm. when you, when you follow the line of logic or the line of reasoning to its end or to its conclusion, that's exactly what it is because it'll often be found in a emphasis, if not just an outright wrong hermeneutic, but mm-hmm. an emphasis mm-hmm. in one or two scriptures, like the ones you just mentioned. Right. Um, and anytime you do an emphasis on, um, and I'm going to go so far as to say a hyper emphasis, mm-hmm. a, a, a unbridled emphasis an untamed emphasis on a particular one, two, three, or four or five scriptures. And that is not tempered or balanced out with the whole counsel of God. Uh, then what ends up happening is you get into what we, what, what I affectionately, not affectionately, but what I call, um, um, effectively is what I'm trying to say, what I call copy and paste theology. Right, And right. copy and paste is. theology says it happened in, let's say it happened in Deuteronomy so I can copy it and paste it in First Corinthians. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or I read about it in Proverbs, copy, drag, and I can paste it in my situation right now. So what happens is you end up getting into, you end up getting into um, stripping a verse, mm-hmm. right, um, from its frame or its context, and then trying to wield it almost like a magic wand to accomplish what you want to accomplish, but but to make sure that you're not quote unquote new age, you're just going to slap Christ on it. Just go ahead and just smear Jesus on it. So mm-hmm. it sounds like it's a thing that is reverent to the Lord, but it is fundamentally Mm self-serving because ultimately there's no room for the sovereignty of God. Right. Right. There's, there's no room for, um, you know, uh, 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 praying as to seek the will of God or to know what is the will of God. Um, but even in that, um, there's no trusting the will of God, even mm-hmm. if you don't know what his will is. And we won't know everything about God's will. Right. Um, exactly. And so, and so, yeah, it's, it's, it's trying to know the not known, which is, you could just basically say trying to achieve, um, omniscience. Mm-hmm. So, which we could just call Gnosticism fundamentally. Yeah. 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 And I think that, and I don't think it is, you know, eisegeting Absolutely. when you're doing it's classic eisegesis, right? Copy, paste, drag, you know, um, 
By the way, eisegesis leads to narcissus. There you go. Bingo. And I mean, you know, like you and I've said in conversations beforehand, mm -hmm. you know, there's no need for God if you can mm -hmm. speak things into existence. Right. You know? Yeah. So, so um, about that, um, you know, Romans, Romans, this, before I mention Romans 4, 17, because I'm, I'm about to talk about it, but um, what we see happening um, more times than not, and I can say this even the more mm -hmm. uh, as a, as a uh, pastor, is this just profound um, unfamiliarity with the word of God. Mm -hmm. um, this, this treating the Bible, um, almost like it is an accessory to my Christian life mm -hmm. rather than the, the, the lamp and light that it is, um, uh, actually. And so lamp unto my feet, light into my path. Mm -hmm. I'll know if I'm going the right way in my marriage because the word will tell me that. I'll know if I'm going the right way as a pastor because the word will, will illuminate my steps and show me that. Um, and so it teaches me, the word of God does, what to expect. It teaches me how to think about God, how mm -hmm. to perceive myself and, and what all that means in a, in a, in a very real and everyday um, type of a way. So Romans 4.17 tells us, that uh, very explicitly that it is God who is the one who uh, speaks things into existence. Right. And that is a, that is a very unique um, attribute that is um, specific to him alone. Mm -hmm. and, mm -hmm. and even if you... And, and, and see, we know that there are things in scripture that are implicit and things that are explicit. Right. If this, if this were implicit, then we, I could say, okay, let's, let's unpack this a little more. Let's, sort, let's, let's, let's try to really ascertain what is the text actually saying. But it's actually explicit. It's not even implicit. Right, right. Romans 4.17. And so when I say a profound lack of familiarity... Mm -hmm. with with the scriptures that's really what i'm talking about it's it's mm -hmm. it's that kind of um lack of biblical literacy that is just uh it, it's yeah it's just profound yeah it's amazing yeah and we're you know this is of which, one of by the way let me say i embraced and did not have um for many 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 years of my life as a believer mm -hmm. so i'm 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 in no i'm just pointing out what is a reality. Yeah. You know, and this is, you know, like um, some studies have come out. This is the most biblically illiterate generation. Yes. Yes. You know, it's not that you can't read or write. It's just that we, you know, it's just something that collects dust on a coffee table. Mm -hmm. And so, mm -hmm. you know, it's kind of like we flip on TV and we see some big names. Mm -hmm. And because they're a pastor, mm -hmm. you know, they can't be wrong, you know, and, not yeah. having that that foundation, it kind of can. Mm -hmm. We start to follow the past, but I'm reminded. Um, I think Acts was seventeen eleven. The Bereans mm -hmm. checked Paul; they fact checked him. Yes, you know, 
And so we need more of that, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, um, what has definitely contributed to what we're talking about here. Mm -hmm. Um, And you just pointed out a study and I know because there's many studies that shows that this is the most biblically illiterate generation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, what is interesting is, and, and, and I believe there are several reasons for this, um, but I'll kind of go backwards in, in a sense. Yeah. Um, no particular order. I think one of the reasons for the biblical literacy that, that, that we are confronted with today is the celebrity pastor yeah Um, you you have a few voices speaking to the masses Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and so the local shepherd who is uh charged with feeding that local congregation um one or two things either he's competing with voices that have greater notoriety Mm-hmm. And so there's this mixed signaling that goes out. Um, or he himself is a product of that um, lack of foundational biblical teaching. And then he, you know, steps into a pastorate and then it gets perpetuated. Mm-hmm. So those are the two main reasons that at least I'm observing that I'm right. noticing. And again, I say this because in many respects, I was a product of it. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, 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 right. Um, you know, and that's that's the competing and then, you know, the celebrity status. You know, how many of them have been influenced, you know, some names have been influenced by certain false gospels that are rooted in New Age thought and ideology. You know, if I yeah. get a certain amount of money, I can manipulate God into blessing me. Yeah. L- l- let me speak to that. I look at New Age um, as it pertains to the church very much like carbon monoxide. Mm. Mm. And carbon monoxide, unless you have a special device that can discern it, mm-hmm. detect it, it can be in a room or be in a house unbeknownst to you. And then it'll show up in headaches, respiratory issues. And Mm -hmm. if it goes, you know, to the full extent, it leads to death. Mm. And so new age, as it pertains to the church, is very much like carbon monoxide. Mm -hmm. And unless you have, unless we have the the detector or the discernment of sound biblical teaching or sound doctrine, we won't know when it's present or when it's there because it does such a fine job of blending. Right. And, and, Mm -hmm. and it's really incumbent upon us, you know, as pastors to have an awareness of this because if not, uh, then we'll end up perpetuating it ourselves or just allowing it to sit and then proliferate within our local congregations. Yeah, you know, I mean, that's, that's, that's good that you say as, you know, as pastors, we need to have that because I found myself mm-hmm. the same, you know, speaking, I can, I can speak these things into an existence. Mm-hmm. And then, like you said, we slap in the name of Jesus on them or we'll mm-hmm. say, 
God, your will be done. And then in the name of Jesus, pray. So it's kind of like, it's an oxymoron, both of them, you know, yeah. you know, and so I found myself, you know, praying and speaking that thing out. And when it didn't happen, my faith started to get crushed. Well, God, is God real? Yeah. Did I, did that, I word my prayer right? You know, is he hearing me? You know, am I a sinner? Like uh, the man, the blind man healed in um, John by Jesus that mm -hmm. he kept being questioned by Pharisees. And he said, we know that God doesn't hear sinners, you know? And so I found mm -hmm. myself there. I was like, well, maybe some, you know, something's wrong with me and I would be, mm -hmm. I would get depressed. And so, mm -hmm. you know, like you're saying, can can you can you touch on that a little bit more? How is how important is it for pastors to get an understanding of a good biblical theology to avoid the carbon monoxide creep of new age into the church? Yeah. Um, well, I'll just start by saying it's vital. Mm -hmm. It's very important. Um, and 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 you know, I have found more times than not. Mm -hmm. that there that there are some very well-meaning uh, well-intending pastors who are really trying right I, I mean they're really trying to to really preach the word of god and let me say none of us are beyond mm -hmm. speaking mm -hmm. error right uh, exactly. I, I'm, exactly i'm sure if i go over my last several years of sermons in fact i have and i found things i'm like oh i shouldn't have said that in fact i've actually stood up in our pulpit and I've said, remember what I told, remember what I said two weeks ago? I was wrong about that. Um, I, I had one pastor actually uh, direct message me on social media and mm -hmm. said, this is one of the most, what do you say? One of the most humble and um, just inspiring things I've ever seen the pastor to get up and actually correct himself yeah. after study and do that publicly. And I just believe, let me say this, I believe as pastors, if you error publicly, you need to repent publicly and correct it publicly. Mm -hmm. Because if somebody watches a video from you from three years ago uh, and you have since learned better, mm -hmm. but you didn't put that out there to be on the quote unquote public record, mm -hmm. um, nobody knows that you've you know, come into this level of understanding and you've corrected your theology. Right, right. And so somebody, oftentimes what I'm finding is, is that people will join church, they'll, 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 they'll come and they'll become members of a church and you start finding out through counsel, mm -hmm. through after service conversations, yeah. that people have been, and you think to yourself, where did you get that from? Because I know I wasn't saying that. And what you're finding is, is that there's this sort of, um, this cocktail of theology that we all come with. Right. Mm -hmm. um, you know, at different points and different seasons of our life. And so that always has to be sorted out. And so I think it's vital for us as pastors to really apply ourselves um, to the word of God. Um, scripture tells us that that those elders, particularly those who are teaching elders, um, are to be um, counted worthy of double honor, yeah. um, particularly those who labor in the teaching and the feeding mm -hmm. of the word of God. And so that's really important. This is also why the Apostle Paul strongly admonished and told Timothy, preach the word. Come on. Not come your on. opinions. Right. Exactly. Not your view of the latest headlines. Right. Preach the word. Mm -hmm. um, 
Because if we believe 2 Timothy 3.16, then we'll know that it is the word and particularly sound doctrine that is profitable in every way for both you and your hearers. And so I think to neglect that. Proof and rebuke. Absolutely. I think Mm -hmm. to neglect that and to not place, if you want to place an emphasis on on a scripture, place an Mm -hmm. emphasis on that. Place one on 2 Timothy 3.16. If you place an emphasis on 2 Timothy 3.16, then you will, by virtue, place emphasis on the entire Bible. Why? Because it's all scripture. And so mm-hmm. I, I, I think that's important. Um, this is why I, we can't afford as pastors to duck and dodge text. If we right. cherry pick scriptures, our people will cherry pick scriptures. Amen. If, we, Amen. If, we, if we skirt around certain verses because they may be too touchy, mm-hmm. um, rather than wrestle with the hard truths of, of, of the text, then we're, then we're teaching our people it's okay to not understand, or it's okay mm-hmm. to, to not really seek an understanding. But then we want to quote Proverbs, but then if we're going to quote Proverbs, then let's go ahead and quote it all, because Proverbs tells us that wisdom is the principal thing, and, and in all, uh, um, wisdom is the principal thing, um, therefore seek wisdom, or get wisdom, and in all that getting, mm-hmm. not just amassing, mm-hmm. memorizing scripture, but in all that getting, what? Get understanding. Right. So yes. understanding has to be the has to be part of that end goal, part of that objective, critical part of that objective. Yeah, you know, um, that's good what you said. Let me let me go back on what you talk about, how you, you know, you humbled yourself and said you made a, a mistake, um, mm-hmm. you know, with a hermeneutic of the text. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a Young, well, he's still his pastor. I think he's down in Alabama, but he said the exact same thing. He was on a, a panel of you know diverse mm-hmm. beliefs amongst African Americans theologically, mm-hmm. and um, he preached from Psalm one twenty one. Mm-hmm. I look to the hills, which come by heaven. He, you know, he preached on that, and he the following Sunday, he did a study. He said he felt convicted. And um, he did a study on that and he saw that what it was talking, it was, you know, intertwining some paganism in there, the way he was, you know, Mm -hmm. or how he was projecting. He didn't do justice to the text, you know. And so he came back and he said, listen, last Sunday I preached on this, you know, he said, you know, church went up in uproar, people shouting, you know, he felt like good, but he came back and he said, I need to apologize. Mm. because I didn't do the text justice. I, I, I mistaught you. And here's where I went wrong. And he turned that mm. into a sermon. I said, how profound is that? Wow. That is. Yeah. You know, because in, mm. in some of our contexts, you know, you can't tell a preacher he was wrong. You know, mm-hmm. would you be questioning a pastor? You know, you, mm-hmm. you know, it's almost that spiritual manipulation or spiritual control, spiritual call abuse. But anywho, mm-hmm. you know, that's, that's, that's what's more needed because like you said, not all who are in this are doing it blatantly. Some of them just, mm-hmm. you know, we just don't, they don't know, you know, you may not had the theological training or seminary and all that, that jazz or got all the books, you know what I'm saying? And so you just, you've been at a surface level for some, some time, or you've just been used to mm-hmm. topical and you're, you're jumping mm-hmm. from here to there to everywhere, trying to bridge, mm-hmm. you know, instead of let's read that whole, chapter let's move on to the next time we'll get the understanding of the text but um, yeah go ahead you you're good no i, I was just going to add something to that um before we move on from that point because that's a I, I, 
that is so um, that's so inspiring, and I and I really appreciate whoever that pastor was that mm-hmm. did that. Um, one of the things that's interesting, um, Trevor, is that <clears throat> when there's a and I, and I know it towards the end we were going to get into resources, but I want to kind of speak or reference a resource. Yeah, go ahead, help yourself. Um, uh, I I attended a a conference, if you will, or yeah, I guess you could say a conference mm-hmm. um, for three days. It was it was in Chicago, and it was um, put on by the Center for Pastor Theologians. Yeah, and and what's interesting is um, w- when you study when we study sort of go through um, go through the Middle Ages uh, throughout church history, and we start looking at pastors and what pastors of of centuries ago did what the what the, what was expected of them mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and we look at what pastors do today it is it is glaringly different yeah oh um, yeah oh yeah pastors back then were expected to be theologians yes mm-hmm. because they were shapers of culture of thinking according to the scriptures Mm -hmm. and now we have reduced pastors to motivational speakers um who give 25 minute ted talks on sunday right and what ends up happening is or what has ended up happening is there, there there came this period where back then pastor theologians were a lot of these guys had, um, they were physicians, like medical yeah. physicians. Yeah. They were, they were skilled in law. They were attorneys. Mm-hmm. Um, they were founders and chancellors of higher institutions of learning. Mm-hmm. So they were very much proponents of higher education. So many colleges and universities were established by clergymen. Mm-hmm. And there was no thought that these two had nothing to do with each other. There was this understanding that if there's any knowledge to be learned, it had to be shaped Mm -hmm. by God and his word. And so today, that's just not the case. You could do very well today as a pastor. Yeah. And be positive and Uh be motivational. Yeah. You can be highly, quote unquote, successful today as a pastor and have no depth. All you need is charm and wit and clever language. Yeah. And anybody who has any degree of charm or wit and comedic, um, uh, humorous, uh, drawing type of an ability, Mm -hmm. um, and you can, you know, kind of copy and paste a few texts together. You can do very well as a pastor today. Yeah, you know, and I, th- I, th- I think that's a good, good point because, and speaking about the the differences in past and past today, mm-hmm. is maybe theology. Yeah, every cult gets Christ wrong. Exactly. exactly. If they acknowledge him, they get Christ wrong by either acknowledging his humanity, not his divinity, overemphasizing his divinity mm-hmm. at the expense of his humanity, etc. So Hebrews. Mm-hmm. great resource particularly for a pastor who says you know what my church needs to understand jesus yeah yeah as as 
Lord, Savior, Son of God, supreme to any priest, prophet, or king. Hebrews does that. And this yeah. is one of the best set of commentary resources that I found to, to cool. help with that. Cool. All right, cool. So um, how can people get in contact with you? Yeah. Um, OLBuckley.com on IG. For now, we've got some things that we're going to be rolling out here cool. um, coming up with you. All right, cool. Listen, um, it's part one. So we're going to do part two. Part two, I want to get a little bit more controversial, if we will. Paging, <laughs> oh, crystals, man. all that good stuff inside the church. So, um, listen, thank you all for tuning in. This has been another episode of TBT Hosea 4-6. Ask an apologist with my special guest, my brother, my friend, the right Reverend Dr. O.L. Buckley. Thank you all for joining us, man. We love you. Peace. Thank you.